the NBA is here. The crew linked up again for another podcast episode so we can talk about one of our favorite pastimes. So check out our conversation with all the laughs, unmuted background noises, and random sidebars that exist in our friendship as we talk about the NBA and Rad Consulting. So for your enjoyment, let's go. And today on Voices, I have the crew, full crew joining today, and we are going to cover some really, really interesting topics today, specifically the NBA. And then we have a special consulting segment towards the end of the episode to help people know that we are here to help you if you just allow yourself to listen to regular people. So today I have JV, I have Donnie, and the, 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 the guy that we brought in in spirit, Chris, we have him physically here. So you have the man, the myth, and the voice today. Uh, guys, thank you for being here. Uh, you can do a quick introduction for yourselves because no one can do a better introduction for themselves than themselves. So I'll let you go. Uh, Jay, I'll let you start. Then we'll go with Donnie and then Chris and shoot a new voice. Cool. Let me kick it off. JB in the building. How about them Gamecocks 2017 over Georgia yesterday? Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, this is Donnie. Still don't have any uh, professional podcasting credentials, but I did show up on time this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is Chris. I fight depression around this time of year because I root for the Gamecocks, the Braves, and Georgia Tech football, man. It's been kind of rough. We're going to make it through another year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what, what we're going to start off with is the NBA preview. I, I am from New York originally, so sadly I'm a Knicks fan. I am a Knicks fan, but I, I am excited about the NBA season because the one thing I learned from New York is that you have to be diverse so I can like everyone. And so we're going to sort of go out here. We're going to bring up uh, what we think about the, the upcoming NBA season. And first, before we do that, I would love to know the allegiances of all you guys so we can then understand the skewed perspectives that we're going to put in front of people. So, uh, Donnie, I'm going to let you go first, followed by Chris and then JB. Oh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm Lakers for life. Grew up as a kid, aged myself right here, watching Magic Johnson on uh, on Sundays. Was depressed when uh, Jordan took him out in the finals. So, yeah, Los Angeles all day. All right, Chris? Yeah, pretty much the same, man. I grew up a Lakers fan. You know, Showtime was what it was about. I was a Jordan fan, never really a Bulls fan. So, you know, I used to rock with the Bulls, too. But it was all about them Lakers. I was kind of conflicted when they had to play in the finals, to be told. All right, and Jay? Yep. Fan of the three-time NBA champion Miami Heat. I was a fan before LeBron got there. And I still don't like Allen Houston. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. You know, the crazy part is being a Knicks fan. I, I mean, it's crazy. I don't hate the heat or anything like that because I have a I have a love for Dwayne Wade because he plays hard nose. And I just I, I guess I like finesse basketball. So I, I, I was rocking with the heat. Well, I like them, I should say, when they was on their run, when they had the heatles going on. All right. So, uh, Chris, I'm, you're going to start this one off and. Let's 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 hear what you you are most anticipating for this upcoming NBA season. So it'll be Chris, and it'll be JB, and then Donnie. Well, 
you know, I anticipate, man, this year I'm going to at least get to a couple of Hawks games. Not because I care about the Hawks. Matter of fact, I really don't care about them at all. I usually go to actually see the other team, man. So I'm going to see if I can finagle with some of the better teams come through this year. Last year I actually had a couple opportunities to go and I ended up not going. But I'll be honest, man, I'm a little concerned with the Lakers, man. Boogie, I thought, was kind of like, all right, that's just extra, you know, icing on the cake. He went down. I'm like, cool. But hearing about Kuz being hurt, you know, the big man up top that was supposed to be the savior with this thumb injury, I'm a little nervous, man, because honestly, I think if he go down, I don't know if LeBron can carry the load, man. That father time is undefeated, so I'm a little concerned about it. I think he's going to be more motivated this year because, you know, last year I thought he was just on vacation out there to raise his kids. He wasn't serious about winning, but now that everybody's talking about his legacy, I think he's going to go hard, but, man, I really don't want that cat to have to cover it all on his own. And I think Rondo going to get some finish in two games. I don't know for what. I just predict he's going to get some finish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> JV, what about you, man? Uh, let's see. What am I looking forward to with the upcoming season? Yeah. Uh, another competitive season for the West, just to see who comes out of there with the mixture that's happened. Um, I do think the Lakers, early on, you're going to see the struggles because they're going to highlight them. But they'll stay dangerous enough to make a – Solid playoff push. I don't see them coming in lower than a sixth seed personally um, out the West just because of injuries and everybody getting back later on the season. Um, but in the East, I'm interested to see some of the – I want to see a more competitive Eastern Conference, really. So I don't want to see a, you know, 35 and whatever team make the playoffs as a 7-8 seed when you got a 47-win team in the West that doesn't make it because of the records and things that are going out there. So – more competitive East and just watching the West do what they've been doing for the past few seasons and just beating each other up to see who stands out later. Cool. Donnie? All right, yeah. So I'm about to break the rules already, Lou. So I'm going to tell you what I'm anticipating, but I do got a bonus question for you. How do you feel about Katie's comments about the Nets being more important to younger people in, uh, in New York than the Knicks? I'll answer that after you, give you after you give your point, but that's a solid right. one. I like it. All right, all right, cool. Yeah, man. So I think like what I'm looking forward to the most. This is like the most unpredictable season I can remember in a long time, right? Like uh, I think it's not like known who's gonna be in the finals, but like every other year I've watched the NBA, I'm like, all right, you know, these two teams will probably end up in the finals, right? So. So the playoffs are going to be super unpredictable. I think it's a lot of guys, too, with, like, a lot to prove, right? Like, Westbrook had those three, like, crazy seasons where he was averaging a triple-double, but he won nothing, right? So, like, pressure's on now in that regard. Like, how is he going to fit in with Harden? And uh, I think LeBron, yeah, like Chris alluded to it earlier, like, I think a lot of people just, like, forgot, like, like this guy's, like, an iconic basketball player. And, it, like, I was looking at the preseason the other night. He still got the first. So, I think, like – if he, like, goes out and goes wire to wire, he has a chance to win another MVP. So if he comes out and gets another MVP and the Lakers win the title, this is the Lakers fan of me talking, right? <laughs> like, you know, it's undeniable what this man's legacy is. So, uh, so I'm just looking forward to seeing how that goes. All right. And so to answer your question about KD's comments, the first thing about KD is that I think he's an all-world amazing basketball player. And I think he, he's playing a little bit with a chip on his shoulder. But you got to think about the things that in the criticism he's dealt with recently, uh, changing from OKC to Golden State, uh, and then just sort of like kind of looking like he threw shade at Russ, and then sort of linking up with Kyrie and Blake. 
and leaving Golden State, even though Golden State showed that they had love and an affinity for him. And so then to go to New York, and after all the stories come out that he didn't even give he didn't even give the Nets a meeting. He just picked the Nets because essentially Kyrie chose the Nets and he just wanted to play with his homie. Um, for me, I, I don't knock what he's saying because uh, Donna, you actually was with me uh, one year in Brooklyn. Well, well, for my birthday, we went to New York to watch a Chelsea Man City game and we went to the Barclays. Yeah. Like, New York is different now than it was before. And so, like, Brooklyn – I'm again, I'm from Brooklyn. But Brooklyn is, is like, the, represents the new New York. And so him yeah. talking about them, the, the Nets representing the youth, I can agree with that because the Nets are, like, the old guard. I mean, not the Nets, the, um, the Knicks are the old guard. Like, Madison Square Garden is the most, quote-unquote, famous arena in the world. In my opinion, I agree. But, I mean, the Knicks haven't put a product on the floor, and they sell out all the time. So, literally, no young person yep. is going to see that. So, that means that, you know, mm-hmm. the Nets, which is motivated and sort of when they were created, was sort of inspired by Jay-Z, big influence of hip-hop with Brooklyn and Biggie. And where it is, it's, it's literally in Flatbush, uh, downtown Brooklyn. And, like, it's literally in an iconic location as well. Uh, just sort of the look, the feel of the team. It's meant to appeal to younger people. And so with that being said, um, it, it is my opinion that I, I, I'll, I'll agree with him on that, that it, it does resonate more with younger people. But, I mean, being a, a true New Yorker, no New Yorker is going to outwardly be like, yo, I'm pulling for the Nets over the Knicks. Not, not one of them are going to do that. None of them are going to do that. I'm, right. I'm never going to do that. Like, I'm from New York, and I'm a Yankees fan, right? They know, they, hopefully they make the World Series this year. They win number 28. And you guys have seen me when I'm, like, I'm in full Yankees mode. Like, I'm full on that's all the way to New York. But I, I live in the real world that, you know, the Mets might be decent. There's other good teams. But the, the nostalgia, the New York of New York, right, is rooting for the Knicks and the Nets. I mean, the Knicks and the Yankees, that's in the, in the freaking Giants. It don't, care, it don't matter if those second yeah. teams are good. It's like basically F them, this is the old guard. But if the other team win, yeah, we'll do a little, little golf clap for you. But this is still a Knicks city. That's, that's what they're going to say. Mm. It, it, I mean, I don't know if it's right, but I know that's real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, I kind of thought that's the way you'd be leaning. Uh, that was gonna be interesting to me over the next uh, next few years to say the Nets actually end up being like really good, right? Like they, like I mean, it's gonna take a long time, but that could be a situation where they like overtake the Knicks. Well, and winning, I think this, they will. <laughs> they won't, man. This is what's gonna happen. It's gonna be Boston and the Nets in the East Finals. They're going to sign Chris Childs to a one-day contract. <laughs> he go two-piece. <laughs> Kyrie and that broken eyeball. Put him like the last <laughs> You know, the funny thing is they showed a picture of Chris Childs in the barbershop, and he had a T-shirt on of him giving Kobe the two-piece, which I found to be hilarious. <laughs> like, like, why are you doing that? I like his career. <laughs> Chris yeah, Childs, Hall of Famer? Nah. NBA champ? Not so much. I two-piece Kobe. <laughs> and, and you know, it's, it's, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, man. My go, no, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was going to say, like, uh, yo, you know, Kobe, like, my favorite player of all time. But I saw something on ESPN. I don't even know why I came up. ESPN be running with some crazy stuff now. But they were like, yeah, yo, Chris Childs snuck Kobe. I was like, yo, how you sneak somebody but you hit him in the face? <laughs> <laughs> 
he caught that two piece and everybody want to be on his side. Now, you know, the funny thing is, and I'm going to be honest, I, I, I have the comparison of Kobe and Jordan. Like I never like, I'm being honest. I didn't like Michael Jordan at all. Like I respected who he was as a player, fantastic player. First three final titles and stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Whatever. F him. I'm a Knicks fan. But when he came back after the thing with his pops or whatever, I had a lot of respect for him because that's something hard to come back from. And so I, 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 I acknowledge that he's one of the greatest players that I've ever seen. But, I mean, you guys already know how I feel about time in general, so I don't think there's anything, no, any such thing as a GOAT. But, but other than that, I just look at it and I'm like, you know, I felt that way about Kobe. I didn't like Kobe early. But when Shaq left and Kobe went through his problems and he came back from his, his Colorado situation, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a rock with Kobe. But it was also because, and I'm being honest, when they played the Celtics in that first finals and lost to them, and I saw how obnoxious Boston fans were, I'm like, yo, I need the Lakers to beat them every time they play them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree, man. Don't ever let Boston win nothing. Ever. <laughs> Y'all notice how all those Boston fans that popped up out of nowhere that you never heard of, that they were rolling with either. Uh, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and KG. All of a sudden, you don't hear from them about being Boston fans anymore. I'm gonna say it again. There's no such thing as a black Boston fan. <laughs> <laughs> I was up there and lined that up. I needed somebody to do it. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is, I've been to Boston uh, a couple of times, and this like literally Boston is just like it feels it's 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 a really small city and it, it feels like basically it would be a suburb of New York. Right? That's what it feels like. It don't feel like a big city. And I'm not disrespecting Boston at all, but yeah, it's like whatever to me. <laughs> the uh the next question, right? So because I, D- Donnie brought up a point that I think is uh pretty valuable, and I think JB meant alluded to it a little bit too. Uh no, I think JB alluded to it. He was talking about like just having teams with like bad losing well bad winning records and making the playoffs so an, an opinion and jb i'll have you start us off followed by christian and donnie uh do you think the nba would be better served by ha- by having the top 16 records placed in the playoffs or the um the top 16 teams with the best records or continue with the east west conference for uh playoff seasons mm-hmm. now i think the top 16 is a better look because it gives teams that are putting the work the opportunities for like there was one season where the Phoenix Suns were had a better record than the seventh and eighth seed in the East, but they were out of the playoffs. And I'm like, that could have built onto that franchise to do something even greater today in a snapshot because of them being a playoff team previously, potentially. So I think uh, your best 16 teams, no matter where they are would be the ideal matchup. Now, the argument that comes with that is when it comes to the playoffs, it comes to distance. So if Minnesota's playing anybody, it's already a, a trip by itself. But let's say uh, Miami is lined up against Portland. We're going clean cross country for, you know, for the games to be played. Or if you have it where the majority of the playoff teams are all out west, while the game started like, 9 o'clock, 9.30, maybe 10 o'clock for the East Coast on a weekday. Or they have to start earlier, which means people on the West Coast have to watch the game or get off early at like 4 o'clock to watch it. So there's pros and cons from a travel and a television 
standpoint, but there's also that potential of you get the best 16 teams by record in the league going for the title versus, hey, you won just because of where you were lined up with in our division alignment or conference alignment. Right. Chris, what about you, man? Yeah, I do the one through 16, too, with the caveat that you're going to do that. You're also going to change up how they do the, the draft lottery, man, because my whole thing is if you have that, you're going to have some teams that are going to be ass out that's true. That, that's true. Donnie? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm about to talk out of both sides of my mouth. So, I guess, like, from a basketball fan, like, yeah, the 1 through 16, like, would be the best. Because I'm thinking that situation JB talked about, that might actually happen this year, right? Because, uh, like, you look at, like, say, like, a team that's, like, on the fringe of making the playoffs in the West. Well, on the fringe might be generous, right? But, like, the Pelicans, they got a nice team, right? So, like, Who's the best team in like the southeast, like Miami, probably, right? Like, but it's mm-hmm. some garbage teams in the east. They're like the Pelicans, like if the Pelicans play in the east, like I think they could be like a six or seven seed, right? So, so like, yeah, you'd rather see like the best teams play, but like from like you know, I guess the business of basketball, like I don't even work in the NBA, so I don't know why I'm going here, but uh, I just like business stuff at heart, right? Like. I think, like, the ratings would, like, be all jacked up if you didn't, like, have some kind of, like, geographical element in it. I, the, the, to, to add a point to that is markets as well. The East Coast markets, I believe, are bigger and have a larger viewership. So the NBA actually runs a risk of losing money as well from, like, advertisers and stuff like that if you don't have enough East Coast teams uh, actually yeah. playing in the playoffs. <laughs> All right, so we're going to shift to the next one. And I, I think, uh, yeah, Chris, you're going to lead, lead off this one. Uh, I, think, I think you um, might have made a mention about it. But um, I think this is really, really phenomenal. This, this Zion Williamson, absolutely phenomenal athlete, right? And he clearly is a good basketball player, but I'm going phenomenal athlete, right? And so I know we've been around to watch a lot of hyped guys come in and they're like, yo, they're up next. And I think it's interesting that this new guy that comes up at the tail end of the guy's career to kind of take over. So, like, at the end of Jordan, Kobe was starting to sort of show up of, oh, Kobe is the next dude, right? And then as Kobe started to sort of get in the mid-career, then you had the, the LeBron is the next dude. And so now as LeBron is starting to head towards the twilight, even though I have no idea what the twilight of his career looks like since the dude's still putting up crazy numbers, Zion. So what is your opinion of what Zion will be this season and in the future? And do you think it's really fair, the, uh, the hype that he gets? And my question is based on that top 100 thing that I had a problem with, but I do understand. So I'll let you go, Chris, then Donnie, then JB. Y'all think the hype is real? Because, I mean, truthfully, I've seen him just saw him play a lot at Duke, and he doesn't really have a jump shot, per se. It's kind of that flat-footed joint. So, you know, if they spread the court, he can get it off. He can actually stretch the floor. But the thing with that dude is he can drive by you like a regular guard with the body of like a, a power forward. So, man, I think, you know, anytime Cavs get in the NBA, his shot going to get better. So that ain't even an issue. Because even uh, Julius Randle, who he was compared to, Man, I saw that joke in Kentucky. He ain't have no uh, no J, but now he got like a nice 15, 16 footer too, man. That's just something they can teach you at work. But I think his biggest enemy, man, and I say this as somebody that loves Papa Do, that crawfish etouffee, because that brother look like, man, if he mess around and skip a few gym workouts, man, he's going to show up looking like 
the old Barkley and not the young round mound of rebounds. So <laughs> they said that Joker was already put on some pounds after the, the draft, man. He down there. Oh, quick, man. They're quick. Cause, uh, what do you got, three years on a rookie contract or five? It's three years and then two uh, restricted free agent years. So the, the team normally picks you up for those two. Now, I think if he's smart, I think he'd probably bounce after three, man. Because right now I see the Pelicans putting something together. But if, if they don't change that format, they ain't really going to be successful. So I think if he's getting like a decent market, man, with a good team, I see his career blowing up. But like the I don't Knicks. know if it's going to be the same if he stay there. Yeah, truthfully, man. Or better yet, New Jersey, just to throw some hate out there. Hey, man, shut up. Ain't no team in New Jersey. Is it in Brooklyn? <laughs> Jersey, Brooklyn, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, yeah, I'm still thinking about the New Jersey bit. Where you go? Yeah, I think he'll be all right, though. Like I said, he got the athleticism, but, man, he actually, I think Cat's underrated handles, man. Cause that's the thing. I was impressed with it, too. How he can get to the rack at will. So. Yeah, he'll be all right. All right. Donnie. Yeah, so I'm kind of, like, up and down on him, right? Because, like, one day, like, uh, you know, like, I was thinking in my head, right? So everybody's like, oh, Zion, you know, this and that. He's, like, a generational talent. But I'm like, all right, what is he, like, in your mind, like, compared to, like, somebody, like, say, like, Ben Simmons, right? Like, I think Ben Simmons is, like, significantly better. Like, I mean, that's just my opinion. I hate an NBA scout, right? And, like, he's got more uh, more size on him. He just, like, has, like, a better skill set, right? But, like... Like, the preseason games, he, he did look better than I thought he would. Like, I mean, that Chicago one, though. Like, everybody kind of gassed that one up. They were like, oh, yeah, 29 points, uh, 12 for 13 from the field. But if you go back and watch that game, like, probably like eight of those field goals are like fast breaks, like two-on-one situations, right? Like, he's not going to get that, like, every night in the NBA. But I, th- I think that, like, the talent there, I think, like, his first year, if he didn't, like, average, like, say, like, 17, 18 points a game, maybe, like, Seven, eight rebounds, like that's a win. But then at the same time, like I think he's got like some, uh, like I mean, like one guy, like I compare him to is like Tyreek Evans, right? Like his first year, like he came out, he's kind of like same, same kind of same style, same play style, right? But then he like fell off after like figured him out. So I think he's gonna have to like add a little bit to like get to like that, like kind of like oh this guy's gonna be face of the league kind of level. That I don't see that yet. Okay, JB. I think Zion's the greatest thing ever. He's going to win a championship in year two. <clears throat> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, generational talent, I'll give him that. He's exciting to watch. And that's what draws the casual fan to watch the NBA is the highlights. So he can make an Instagram post pop or a, you know, a sports center top 10 go off because he brings a highlight most games. Now, from a purist standpoint, he's got some great hustle because you don't see guys snatching at the ball or snatching the ball away from people at most levels, let alone NBA. His hustle on getting put back um, is something that's starting to make its way back into the league. So from that aspect, I think he'll be – he's another great addition to the league. Um, But they need something to to rally behind. You know, you got your stars, but you need that – next rookie sensation to kind of make the league go. But the funny thing is, and this happens every year, everyone hitches their wagon to one, and then another one shows up that you weren't thinking about. So, like, yeah, last season, like, DeAndre Ayton was the number one pick, and then you got all these other folks that pop up, but it's Luka Doncic that lights the league on fire. Right. 
and then you have Trey Young being a close second, and you, no one was thinking about him. So Zion's going to make his noise. I think John Morant's going to make his noise because he's the number two pick, yep. and I to be on it. Um, but there's somebody who just you haven't heard their name enough yet, but as the season progresses, they're going to be like, yo, look at this guy. What has he done? R.J. Barrett's one of those people that come to mind for me. The Knicks. Because <laughs> it, it's a different it's – a, it's, it's a different level in the league. Remember when Vince Carter came to the league? We're like, okay, when he's in North Carolina, oh, ho hum, you did all right. He's in North Carolina. But he jumps in the league and literally is jumping out the gym. We're like, where did this come from? R.J. Barrett, to me, has that potential. Yeah, we know he's supposed to be able to shoot, supposed to be able to do all this other stuff. We haven't really seen it go off yet. You, you might see not early on, but over time he might be the guy out of his draft class. Okay. And I'm, I'm hoping he's good, too, because Nick's tape, man, Nick's tape. All right. So, so, so the, uh, sort of the, the next thing that I think is a, a point that people had issues with last season, and they probably won't change it all because they do it for ratings, but the MVP award announcement at the end of the season, I think that's absolutely bonkers that they do it that way, that they do it after the playoffs, because then what it does is it skews sort of the playoffs, because then if the guy who – who they think was the regular season MVP doesn't get his award until the end of the year, then you're like, hey, man, that, that doesn't equal. And people are really, really short-sighted in their opinions, and they just it, it's whatever is recent. They want to have the person who performed in the playoffs best to be the MVP as opposed to the regular season guy. So that's why you had the Harden uh, Giannis issue last year. So, Donnie, this, this is one you jump on first. Do you think – the MVP and the, the, basically all the awards should be announced at the end of the season instead of the playoffs. Or what? What would you? What would you? Is your opinion about that? Ooh, that's a tough one. I, you know, I don't know if it's just because I'm a traditionalist or what, but I think I, I leave it the way it is now, right? Because I think like MVP and all that stuff, like uh, you know, that's like those are regular season awards, right? You're looking over a guy's like 82 game body of work where like somebody could you know, kind of be neck and neck or maybe like like laying in the weeds like during the season and then like have a really great playoff run, which that could happen for like different circumstances, right? You can get a team where you got a favorable matchup, you get to play them like seven times or whatever, you might like look better than you actually were during the season, right? So so I think like, yeah, I'd leave it the way it is now, like regular season awards and then just announced during the, uh, the conference finals. All right, JB? I think the MVP should be announced at the end of the regular season like it used to be. That way it keeps a clear cut. All right, you're the league MVP after the regular season because they announced the finals MVP right after the final at yep. the game. So I think it should go back to having it in that format. Um, that way, like you mentioned, how people are short-sighted. By the time we go around to, you know, the finals being over, I'm not thinking about who was the league MVP based off their regular season play. Because all I can remember is what just happened in the finals. So I think giving folks their praises as the regular season ends from an MVP standpoint should go back to that. Plus, it kind of brings that extra oomph into the playoffs. Like, okay, you're the league MVP. Let's see how you take your team in the playoffs to do X, Y, Z. So that's just my take on it. All right. Chris? Man, I think changing it all up like but I say make that joint, well, like you said, the regular MVP. You have a regular season MVP. But then I say actually get rid of the finals MVP. Just have like a regular season MVP and then have a postseason MVP. 
not just the finals, but it's like over all the series. Because obviously each team there in the finals will have probably somebody over what three or four series probably carried the squad there. So that would put more onus on it to me because now you can really say, hey, this dude didn't just have one good series, man. Because occasionally you do have that dude to blow up, kind of like you know Toronto had. He's like, comes up like one series, but every series. So I'm like regular season MVP, and then just have a postseason MVP and have that take the place of the finals, quote unquote MVP. See if I can put a little bit more emphasis on the fact. All right, this dude was MVP for the whole playoffs. But anyway, I think Steph Curry would champion you on that because that's the reason he doesn't have. Uh, MVP in the postseason is because of that. But also, I think, and just in my opinion, it adds insult to injury. If you won the NBA regular season MVP, and then you did not win the finals MVP, but you have to go get the award after the finals, and it wasn't and it wasn't the, the Larry O'Brien trophy, that, to me, it feels a little salty. Like, I don't want this award. This is not what I was playing a year for. In my opinion, that I would feel that. So that's 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 why I would actually agree with that. And I actually agree with having a postseason. Steph Curry probably would have two postseason uh, MVPs if he if they had that award. In my opinion. So this is the the, the question before we do the predictions, right? So uh, does LeBron James legacy need another NBA title? Because he probably has two more years left of top quality LeBron. Does he need another one? Or is it a failure him going to the Lakers if he doesn't win one? Does he need another title? No, he doesn't need one. It would further enhance already in a great career if he does get one in LA, but he doesn't need it. And the reason why I say that, because there's some top 10 lists, I saw this this morning, that he's about to, by the end of the season, he's projected to... Uh, move up on that list like I think it was like four or five different categories where it moves up the biggest one being moving into third all-time in all-time scoring so that's on the table for this season depending on how the season plays out so making those moves I think are more monumental than him getting another championship all right Chris instead of the email what was the question <laughs> All right, so does does LeBron James need another title? And if he doesn't win a title in LA, is his time in LA a failure? Nah, man. I mean, that's the way I look at it. He got there last year, man. He really had no support around him. So I mean, I don't think anywhere he's been. I mean, except Cleveland, man. You look at him kind of carrying his own. Kyrie, they won the title. And the Lakers, they surround him with none. So last year was kind of a scratch in my mind. So, you know, going forward, if he doesn't win, I think as long as these cats make the playoffs and they're competitive, man, he can hold his head high. But, man, I don't think he need to win a title, especially out the West. Because, I mean, cats be acting like just because, you know, man, dudes nowadays like Brady playing to they 45, man, Father Todd is still real. That joker came in younger than all the rest of these dudes, man. So he got a lot of wear and tear on his body. So I I'd probably say, like, man, if he was really looking at time, he's almost like three or four years older than what most people would be just because he's been in the league so long, man, and playing so many minutes. So I think that cat is on the retirement tour. He out there with his kids, man. He's living the L.A. life. But, yeah, I definitely don't think it's going to affect that cat legacy, man, because I still hadn't seen a dude with his size that could do the things he does, man. I remember when he came in the league, and they was like, man, he's going to find out it's a man's league. And they played against him like a grown-ass man, you know, like with his body type. So. 
I think he'll be straight one way or the other, man. I, truthfully, I don't even think to him. It's, I know he talks about being better than Jordan. I think that's just a competitor any man. I don't think that junk really bothered him that much. He'll be somewhere out of the boat and happy regardless. So. <laughs> Drew, Donnie, what about you, man? Yeah, man. So, yeah, I think uh, my thing is, right, like the question I would have in response to the question, what did it influence LeBron's legacy? What is LeBron's legacy, right? Like some people say, oh, he's top five, oh, he's not better than Jordan. Like I think if that's like still in place, then winning does matter. And I think too, like as a, a arrogant uh, Lakers fan with like no justification for the arrogance because we ain't won nothing in six years. But if you play for the Lakers and you're a marquee player, you have to win a title. So I think with both of those things on the line, like it, it does impact it. And then like, you know, I guess I'd be interested like how you guys felt about LeBron's legacy. Like where is he at? Like, is he on the Mount Rushmore as he would say a basketball? So for me, uh, my, my first point is, uh, I, Michael Jordan as a, a competitor, as a competitor, I don't think as a basketball competitor, I think he's top tier. But I, I think it's one, it's unfair to compare Michael Jordan and LeBron because one, they play different positions and they have different basketball mentalities. Michael Jordan was like, give me the ball, I'll do whatever. Oh, you guys happen to be my teammates. I give it to you if, if I can't do it or if I'm forced to. LeBron James is about, hey, I'm going to lift everybody up and I'm going to still get my work in, which to me, if, if people ask the question, if he would start a basketball team with Michael Jordan or LeBron, I'd start one with LeBron, and I'm being absolutely honest, because LeBron has yep. more intangibles than Michael Jordan does. Now, as a team leader, and I'm being absolutely honest about this, I think Michael Jordan's a better team leader. But he also needs an, an, an A1 or a, a next person because he's shown that without that A1, he can't – well, not that he can't, but he hasn't – there's no record of success without that. Because if we go to North Carolina, because we can say, well, in North Carolina, that, that North Carolina team he played on was stacked, man. He had NBA Hall of Famers on that team. So there's no way you, he didn't have a sort of a, another person with him. And for Jordan, until Scottie Pippen emerged as the sort of the, 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 the A1 to him, and then you had Horace Grant, who was a premier top-tier uh, defensive guy and rebounder. And then you had Tony Kukoc, who at the time was the best European player in the NBA then Dennis Rodman, one of the defensive players of all time. Like, you have too many great top-tier legacy people next to Michael Jordan, whereas LeBron is – How dare you leave out Luke Longley, Australia's five. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if you don't get out of here with that. So, <laughs> so anyways, I, I look at LeBron, and LeBron uh, – he was able to find success, but he wasn't able to achieve the pinnacle of success without a guy that was basically his contemporary because Dwayne Wade did it before him. And I give Dwayne Wade as one of the greatest two guards that ever played a game. So as far as LeBron's legacy, legacy as a man overall, I think his legacy is greater uh, than Michael Jordan. <laughs> but, but his uh, – but I think Michael Jordan's – NBA legacy will forever be greater than LeBron's because of the lore that he created. Because he basically helped create LeBron James. Jay, I'll give you a chance to uh, <laughs> Jay, I'll give you a chance. Huh? <laughs> Jay, I'll give you a chance to go ahead and answer the, or follow up to what Donnie said. Why y'all laughing what I'm in? <laughs> Yo, Chris, that's you typing the email. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, that's me crushing a bag up. My fault, my fault. I forgot to do that. 
I was getting these crab legs out. My bad. <laughs> oh, good, man. I okay, so. Yeah, I was over here because I was, uh, wife and them just got home. was talking to her. But, uh, I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> it's all good, man. Uh, so we're back on, wait a minute, LeBron's legacy? Yeah, I, I went first on this one. Yeah, but. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I thought about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we talked about the, the championship. Yeah, yeah, but Donnie had a sort of a piggyback question to it. So that's why, because I, I don't actually respond okay. to him. So he had a piggyback. I let him re-ask the question, and then you could go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don, what was that question? Oh, yeah, my bad, man. Yeah, so it, it was basically just a, what is LeBron's legacy, like where you got him ranked at, all that good stuff. Uh, oh, yeah, the Mount Rushmore piece. Uh, yeah, I do believe oh, – I do believe LeBron goes on the Mount Rushmore – for his generation, I do think it needs to be separated by generation because the game's different today than it was played in the 80s, 90s, than it was 60s, 70s. So for his generation, yes, he does belong there. Um, to Chris's point, I think what he's done socially and culturally is a greater impact than what he's done in basketball, even though what he's done in basketball has been great also. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, LeBron James, if he were to just hang up his basketball sneakers and be done with basketball right now, he's good to go no matter what else happens. And I, I merit to, like, when Barry Sanders retired, people still say he's one of the greatest ever. Nine seasons, and, yeah, he could have touched certain, you know, statistical milestones, but he didn't, and others are passing by since. But when you think Barry Sanders, you still look at him as, a great running back, a Hall of Famer, and all the other accolades that come with it from a, from a sports standpoint, LeBron's already there. So he, he doesn't have to play basketball anymore to do anything that'll make his basketball career any more better, sexier, or whatever maybe. Right. Chris, yeah. you want to follow up on that or no? Yeah, I agree, because I was saying the same thing, man. Like, he's actually got to be in two separate areas. So when I look at, like, old-school cats, and it's probably even an era in the middle – and then even, you know, the most recent generation. Because for no other reason, man, when you look at, which is now about to be more of an issue with kids going straight from high school to whether it's the D-League or the pros, man, when you look at the guys that made the transition from high school to the pros, other than him and Kobe, man, I mean, granted, there have been some guys that did okay and were successful. You know, even uh, what's the dude, man, that just hung it up finally, played with Golden State and got those titles, man, uh, Dang, he had, he had that microfracture surgery Livingston, man. Even that dude, I think, mm, yeah. figured out had a decent career. But, I mean, you talk about dudes that went from high school to college and blew it up, you could put him on his own Mount Rushmore and just cast it did that, you know, because there's still a lot of kids that are going to try it. There'll be a lot of kids that fail, man, that going to be hyped up. Most of them will come out of Kentucky is my guess. But regardless, man, it's like, <laughs> I mean, you got to put him on his own Mount Rushmore just for that alone, man. If nothing else, you could disregard any of the titles, man. So, yeah, he he definitely would have that legacy regardless of whether he wins anymore. But, hell, he won a title in Cleveland, man. Oh, they can't even barely spell title in Cleveland. That alone, man, should have really – I mean, that alone should have put him on like his own Mount Rushmore. You, you know, it, it, it's funny. Uh, like, you got to throw in KG because I, I can't – I'd be remiss even though he won his title in Boston, whatever. But KG was one of the best high school to NBA players ever to do it too. That's so, true. That's I true. I got to throw him ah! in. How far back we going? How far back we going? I mean, we could throw Sean Kemp in there too. I mean, there's this guys. But, I mean, it's I, talking about I, like – I'd go further than that. Uh, who else would I'd you say have? Moses Malone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring Moses in it. I agree. I agree. I agree. 
Well, oh, but, I didn't know you didn't play. I thought you played at HBCU. I didn't realize he went straight from uh, I don't, he came out of high school. MVP for two different teams. Yeah, man, title, champion, everything. Yeah, it's 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 just interesting because it's just sort of the way basketball is set up. So, uh, you know, uh, I have a quick blurb. I think we should have a quick blurb on this part, and then we're gonna go into the uh, the sort of the playoffs, right? So, or playoff prediction. But uh, Chris made a mention uh, or kind of alluded to the the proposition that just passed in California. I, I did a podcast with a couple of guys who played D1 football and they, they, they chimed in on their opinions and they, they said what they had to say about that. So what is your opinion? Because the first thing is that narrative about uh, the proposition where the student athletes now own their image rights. And so they're allowed in the state of California to, to be paid from their image from this, uh, well, whenever the law, I think it goes in effect probably three or four years from now, but whenever that goes in effect, they'll have that. And people are like, oh, that's crazy. And they keep misconstruing the school paying the kid versus them being paid for their image. And people, I think, are just having sort of a, sort of a conservative old school thing about that. So um, I think, so JB, you will be first on this one. Um, what is your opinion of that? And do you think that, that it will, what, what effect do you think it'll have sort of on, NCAA sports going forward because for the one and done guys, which that might be disappearing, ending that one and done rule, that it may change the whole uh, um, forecast. No, I definitely agree that these college athletes should be compensated for their likeness, image, and everything else because everyone else is getting paid except them. And that's the narrative that we've heard in the media a lot. NCAA is making money hand over fist. The schools are making money hand over fist. You're seeing, it, I haven't experienced it personally, but think about it. You're walking campus, you're the guy on campus, and you see students and adults in the stands wearing your jersey number that you just happen to have on for that particular season. And you're trying to figure out how you're going to get a pizza for the evening, like every other college student. But the difference is you can't go get a part-time job to support yourself because you got to play your sport. Right. So allowing these students to be able to get compensated for the license because you don't know what's going to happen from a future standpoint. So yes, I'm in college. Yes, I'm playing athletics. It doesn't guarantee I'm going pro because not everybody is. So while I'm here, can I work or get compensated for what I'm doing because I'm dedicating my four or five years to this school and their athletic program, whichever sport I'm involved in. Now, will it bring NCAA football video game back? Mm, I would hope so, but <laughs> compensation and, and the licensing fees doesn't necessarily mean that the licensing for these schools will come into play. And then we break down to the detail, detail, which student did get paid for likeness and which one didn't. It, it, not going to get that far in the weeds with it, but uh, I think I've touched on the main pieces that I think will will pass as my opinion on what should be done. So, in short, pay them kids. All right, Chris. <laughs> yeah, man. For me, I'm like, you can't trust the NCAA to make the right decision, man, because they screwed up too many things, too many times, man. To be a quote unquote nonprofit making billions, but I mean, for me, man, it's got to be a federal law that's going to cover the entire country. Because I mean. First off, they hypocritical themselves because they allow kids to actually profit off their license 
their image in other sports, just not in certain sports, which is stupid. So, like, you know, baseball kids, man, can do all types of stuff when they're young, man. Can sign, can, you know, do all types of foolishness, man. Everything except, like, the major sports, which, like people said, just also have to have a majority black kids, which is a whole other issue. But my thing is, where else in the world can I not make money off my name and likeness, even if I was, you know, 15 or 16 and it was going to my parents or somebody else, but you can, and then you can punish me for actually making money if you making money off me, man. That ain't nothing but some slavery. But here's the way I look at it, man. Honestly, I think that these cats are talking about all these different problems where bigger schools are going to have an advantage because now they can be like, hey, if you come here, you're going to have like endorsement deals with this car dealership and this, this, and this. Yeah, there's going to be some problems, but truthfully, that stuff is already happening, man. The only thing different is it's going to be out in the open as opposed to what Boosters are already doing. And I honestly don't think it's going to be as big an issue as people say because if you took all the kids in the country, even Alabama, man, like if you – how many would you actually know without their helmet on, man, like walking around over the tour and maybe some of their receivers and saving? You don't have a lot of cats at small schools, even other schools, man, that probably won't make a ton of their likeness, you know, but the kids that actually are bringing in money for your program are the ones that are worth it. At least they're getting paid or what they owe, man. And the pie is big enough to go around because they're making too much money every Saturday, man, to act like they don't have it to give the kids. And, hell, man, if I'm one hit away or, or if you're like Donnie and I, you don't go to your Spanish class, you probably ain't going to get a degree in four years anyway. <laughs> like, you can't sit here and talk about, hey, man, you get the education, you get the degree when the numbers are, most kids are doing that. So the kids that are getting paid off their likeness are going to be the ones going pro anyway. That's, that's always been a dumb argument to me, so. Like J.D. said, man, pay the kids, but it needs to be something federally regulated because you can't trust the NCAA to do the right thing, man. They'll screw it up. Matter of fact, like they said, if they were saying, hey, we're going to kick all these California schools out, not let them participate. They were saying maybe all schools need to pull out and actually start their own entity separate of the NCAA, man, which would be awesome. That would probably be a great move. All right, Donnie? Yeah, man, I think uh, I think that all that stuff's just a farce anyway, right? And like the the sooner it goes away, the better. Like I think like it's gonna happen pretty soon with basketball, because uh, like you know the NBA is gonna push the uh, the G League, and it's been a couple of like instances where like they had a chance to partner with the NCAA on something, and they decided not to, right? Which is like morally the right thing to do. And uh, I think like the Christmas point too. I noticed um like California passed that law. I think they said, like, the next day, like, um, there's legislation in Florida and in South Carolina to, like, get uh, past that same kind of law. Like, when have you ever seen politically, like, California and South Carolina on the same freaking page, right? So, I think naturally that's just going to uh, – that's just what's getting ready to happen. And I think, I mean, it's, like, starting to go in the right direction. The only reason I say it's, like, not, like, 100% the right thing to do is just, like, you know, like you really should just have, like – under-21 teams like European soccer has, like, the NBA and the NFL. And, like, if you want to still have NCAA sports, that's that's fine. But, like, you know, it's, it's just it's a joke, right? It's like, uh, I mean, like, they're selling dreams, you know what I mean? So, it's just be around in my opinion. All right. Hey, man, I'm interject. Did y'all hear that rumor, though, that they, uh, the NCAA's clap back to that was? They was trying to go back to, like, the archaic. Like, y'all remember the days, man, like, back when Kareem got to UCLA? And, like, he was a freshman, and they didn't allow freshmen to play varsity, quote-unquote. Yeah. They've been talking yeah. to somebody that said that the NCAA considered restating that. So, like, if kids get in the likeness, they'll know what it's like. 
I don't know. It didn't make sense. Like, it's a trial run. You get in and you can't participate your freshman year, which I think everybody said it was pretty stupid. They were talking about it on Celtic and Wingo, like, man, it doesn't even make sense to do that. But they had actually talked about doing it, which, again, I don't get yeah, the rationale behind it. Yeah, what they, what's going to happen if they, if they do that? Like, like somebody's going to be smart enough with enough money and going to say, like, hey, I'm going to start this league. I mean, LeVar Ball tried it. I mean, how do you feel about LeVar Ball? I think he actually was right on that. But, uh, like, somebody's going to come in and say, like, all right, look, I'll pay you $200,000 to come pay and, uh, play in this league if you uh, while you can't play college or something like that or while you're waiting to go to the NFL. And then, like, they're done. Like, like if they try to make, like, any kind of move like that, they're finished. Well, they actually, if you think about it, there's already kind of infrastructures in place to do that because the only sport that actually will be affected by such a you have to sit out rule is NCAA football because in basketball, they can play abroad and they can play G League. So they, there's a, a, a way to circumvent NCAA basketball. Football is the only one because yeah. the NFL has that three year rule. So what they can do is man has done it and people saw this and said, oh, that's stupid, but it might be sort of a evil genius for Vince. Vince is offering $50,000 a year to play in the XFL. Now, if the NCAA makes that rule where you can't play the freshman year, then all those freshman guys, because Vince doesn't have an age, I don't think, so those guys will just go play, make 50 grand in the XFL and then go to the NFL. Like, that's what they'll do. And I'll come yeah. back with CTE, boy. They got to change a few rules, but I agree. <laughs> nah, man. They're going to end up going to WrestleMania is what's going to happen if they go to the XFL. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's possible. All right. So, the um, NBA playoffs. So, uh, who do you think the, 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 the top – we won't even go through the whole eight because it'll probably be too many unless you want to go eight – what are the eight teams in the East? What are the eight teams in the West? What I'm looking for is what are your predictions for the top four uh, teams in both conferences? Uh, who makes the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, the NBA Finals, as well as, as, well as um, who wins the title? So, uh, Chris, I think you need us off. Uh, let's see out the West, man. I actually like what Utah's done. It seems like they got in the win this year. I ain't gonna count Golden State out till they dead. Something about Houston, man. I think they gonna, you know, wet the bed when it matters. But them cats, man, during the regular season, they'll still be top four, I think. And I want to say the Lakers, but I really don't believe that in my heart and soul to be top four. Unless everybody stay healthy. So I don't know. I, I would probably say uh, Portland would be the other team, man, and they'll be top four in the West. In the East, man, like I said, I'm, I was rock with Kyrie as long as he healthy. So I'm going to say that, that Brooklyn, I'm going to stick with Boston. Uh, beyond that, man, it's hard to say with the East, honestly, man. I really don't know, except I know the Knicks won't be in the top four. I'm going to say that. <laughs> Nor will the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and throw that out there, too. But, yeah. I don't know about Toronto, man. It's, it's hard to – because, I mean, you just lost your center piece. So I don't know if this dude's going to do anything. And yeah, I left the Clippers out of the top four just because I'm I'm bitter, man. Still out the West, but right. <laughs> so, so who do you have for uh, yeah, conference I, finals? I really don't know about the East, man. So conference finals for both sides in the finals. Uh, I think it's gonna be Golden State and Utah in the finals, man. I'm calling that on the West, and I'm still gonna say uh, I think Boston, man, gonna get back to the finals in the East. I don't know if Brooklyn will though. Like I said, I just don't know who that other sleeper team gonna be. All right. And you got a champion or no? Uh, 
You know what, man? I'm going to say Golden State going to win it again, man. I think Steph's going to ball out just because he's going to feel the need to be like, hey, I got to show these cats, man, who I really am. So as long as you stay healthy, man, I'm pulling Golden State. All right. Yeah, man, so Chris kind of took my sleeper uh, in the East, man. I think the Nets going to be a lot better than uh, people think because, you know, everybody's like, oh, they got uh, KD and Kyrie, but KD's out. But they basically kept their whole team together, upgraded D'Angelo to Kyrie and signed DeAndre Jordan. So, I mean, they're going to be nasty, man. But uh, I think the team is going to win, like, coming out of the East. I've been saying it for a while. I think uh, Philadelphia. I mean, because, like, you know, they were like uh, one rim bounce away from uh, from going uh, going all the way themselves. Like they got unlucky. Don't and trust the process, Daddy. Oh, go on. <laughs> 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 I'll say, uh, I'll say uh, <laughs> the Nets are gonna be like better than people think they're um, gonna be this year. And I think the, the Celtics, just because hey, I'm a Laker fan, I gotta hate on them. They're gonna be worse than people think because I think like like everybody's kind of like selling the story like hey. Kyrie with the reason we underperformed last year because, you know, he was all about himself and uh, we had too many guys focused on making the all-star team. Like, here's my rebuttal to that, right? Like, like Kimba, I've watched him Charlotte, nice player. He's not a good playmaker or a passer. He can't set guys up. So, I think, like, that, uh, them losing Kyrie, they take a hit there. And then, like, with Tatum, right, this whole thing with the Supermax is kind of interesting, right? So, like, what is it? What is it? If you make the um, all-star team or all-NBA, like, two of your first three years of the league, that's when you're eligible for that $40 million extension, right? Yep, something like that. Yeah, so, so Tatum's right there, and he had that nut season that uh, is a freaking year in the playoffs. So if I'm him, I'm, like, I'm definitely coming in like, hey, I'm getting ready to average 20 points, make the all-star team. I don't care what happens. I want $40 million, right? So that, that's, mm-hmm. that's going to be interesting, like, from a, a chemistry standpoint, what's going to happen. So, so on the East, I think, like, conference finals, I'd say, like, Philly and um, Milwaukee, Philly and wins. Brooklyn's going to go farther than people think. On the uh, West Coast, I think uh, Houston's going to have the best regular season record. Uh, just because, like, their style of play, and I think, like, uh, Westbrook's going to have to sit on the So the same thing for Harden. Like, people forget kind of like uh, Harden, like, uh, um, said, basically <laughs> – the guy had, a, uh, from an efficiency standpoint, one of the best seasons in NBA history, and everybody kind of hates on him, right? So he's, uh, he's got something to prove. So I think they're going to put up crazy numbers. When it comes to playoff time, I think they are going to, like, fade away. So, um, like, it's kind of, like, up in the bay. I think the Clippers, I mean, they're going to obviously do what they're going to do. But I think another note on them, this might be more Laker hate. I think they got some uh, some toilet bowl offense potential because uh, – like, who do they got that can shoot, like, consistently? And who do they got that can, like, set guys up consistently? That's neither uh, Ka- um, Kawhi or Paul George's strength, right? So, uh, I think they're going to have to count on their defense. So, um, but, I mean, that's definitely still a threat to make the, uh, make the finals. But I'd say, like, finals be Lakers uh, 76 would be my pick. And then Lakers win it. All right. <laughs> JV. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, I will go – Opposite. I'll start with the West. So in the West, my top four, Golden State, definitely. I like what you guys are saying about Houston. So I'll put them in there. Uh, I'm putting the Clippers in, and I'm going with Denver as my fourth pick mm. out West. And not to be fourth, but just four teams, I'm picking Denver. Um, but I do believe Utah is a lot stronger this season, so I expect them to make a solid playoff push. Portland is still Portland, so 
Dame Dolly, he's dropping bars and buckets. Yeah. <laughs> so be ready for that. Um, but yeah, Denver, Houston, Golden State, and the Clippers out west. In the east, I'm picking Miami, 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 and Miami. <laughs> nah, seriously though. I'm picking, uh, I like Brooklyn, Philly, Boston, and then you can't leave Giannis out. Milwaukee's still a threat. Still a threat. And a strong threat at that. So, if I had to pick my final team, mm, I'm going with Golden State out west, but I wouldn't be surprised if Denver actually does it. But I'm going with Golden State out west, and I'm going with out of those. Personally, I'd rather have Miami win and win it all, but if I had to pick out those four, I'm a bit torn because it could go – Philly, Milwaukee, or Brooklyn, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Milwaukee. I'm gonna say Milwaukee. Here's why: I think this might be that year that the jumper that Giannis allegedly does not have shows up, and it just gets unreal on that side because they got some extra help defensively to help him out. So it's not like it's a one-person show. So I'm going Milwaukee, Golden State, but Golden State wins it. Hey man, that he drafted Porter. Is he back healthy? Oh. Yes, yes he is. He's back. Murray's still balling, and Jokic. I mean, he's he's a unreal center. So think of a seven foot big man who can play with his back to the basket, but passes like a guard. That's what he does. Is Porter that good, though, man? Because like I said, I didn't see a lot of him in Missouri before we got here. Don't, I don't really don't know. Don't no one really knows. No one really knows. He's been touted that, but I'm like, you're going by like you said that portion of the season in Missouri in his high school career, but no one's if you go off potential he's supposed to be, but no one's seen it yet. What so, is his true position? He's like a seven footer. He always shoots three. Small forward, I believe. Oh, okay. I'm baffled in general by the number of NBA players who can't shoot in a league that loves shooting. That part really gets me. Ooh. So I'm not yeah. gonna talk about a top four at all because I think all of your picks are really solid. I actually do have I appreciate the respect that Golden State is getting because uh, you don't get rid of the, a champion until they show you they're not there anymore. But um, I am shocked at the number of NBA players that can't shoot in a league that literally shoots all the time. Like, that actually shocks me. So w- w- when we think about th- those types of things, we, we're going to shift to the final segment of what, what, what we're, we're focusing on. And uh, Rad Consulting exists because – we want people who are celebrities to know that if you have a regular friend that they can normally save you not only time, effort, but embarrassment and money. And so this company was started by Reginald Ozdude, right? And he <laughs> felt the need to have normal people contribute to his consulting agency to talk about people who are celebrities who make mistakes and he sees that if they had a regular friend in their life or if they just called Rad Consulting one time, that they wouldn't have problems. So my topic today that was sent to me was Antonio Brown, phenomenal football player. And Rad Consulting said, what would four regular guys say to this guy about his behavior that he now is no longer in the NFL and has lost the potential of, and correct me if I'm wrong, around $50 million. Is that right? 
think it's 30, but, yeah. Okay, well, we'll go with 30 because, you know, 50 is not enough, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> like his bonus bonus was 20-something or whatever guarantee was 20 or 30 in Oakland, right? Yeah, it was like 20-something in Oakland. It was nine in uh in New England. So, yeah, it added up around 30. Whatever that number is, that up to 30. All right. That was his guaranteed money. That wasn't his entire contract, right? That was a guaranteed money. Okay. Yeah. So that, that I think that's probably where I get the fifty million because that's him actually getting paid as well for playing. So, so uh, I think JB, you started the last one. So Chris, what would you your your regular guy advice? What would be your rad advice to this person if before all of these things happened? So they wanted to leave Pittsburgh. They didn't want to stay in that team. They ended up in Oakland because I guess it was a a, a vengeance trade to send them to Oakland. He was released by Oakland. Ended up in. Uh, New England to then be cut. What would you have advised him to do? The same thing I would tell the POTUS, man. Hey, if you're going to be responsible, man, delete your Twitter handle. That's really where most of your problems have come, man, just saying stupid stuff. So I'm like, hey, you know, go to Instagram. Do something else on social media, (laughs) man. But do not, under any circumstance, post anything on Twitter. Because half of the stuff he did, you know, when you're tweeting about the organization and doing stuff, man, stuff that'll get you fired, really, and in corporate America, anyway. It's like he needs the thrill, man. I'm like, dude, enjoy the thrill or whatever you can do with the money, being in the league, man, but you don't really need the notoriety, man. That ain't exactly helping. And so I would have definitely told him, hey, man, get rid of the Twitter handle until you figure out how to use it responsibly. Because it was really mad when you think about it. Between him texting this chick or whatever, or him having all the Twitter stuff, man, that's that's where a lot of the stuff came out, man. Matter of fact, it sounded like New England was going to rock with him until he actually texted the chicken thunder, man. So, you know, somebody just needs to take the brother's phone, man, or get him on, like, one of them Walmart plans where he actually has limited minutes one way or the other, man. So, he starts putting out foolishness. All right, Donnie, what about you? What would you have advised him in the early uh, moments of this event, these events? So in my experience in consulting people, I always say you got to be proactive, right? So you got to go back to the beginning before we even saw, like, the actual, like, outcome of the problem, right? And here's where A.B. messed up. Well, like, one of three areas he messed up in. Number one, if you get rich, you don't know anybody anymore that you knew before you got rich, man. Like, like the girl that you're talking to, like, hey, we went to college together and I'm a personal trainer. Guess what? I'm worth $30 million. I ain't answering your calls, girl. Like, come on, like, I mean, I hate to be that way, right? Because I'm all about, like, yo, you know, uh, taking me too stuff seriously and I tried to, like, take the podcast down on our first segment. But, like, yeah. He got it, you know, like, come on, man. That, that's that's where he messed up number one. Then number two, and I saw Drew Rosenhaus' agent, and, I, like, now I'm questioning Drew Rosenhaus' agent skills or abilities, right? Because, like, if I saw one of my clients was about to get sued for, like, emailing a chick, like, you know, leaving evidence, like, talking crazy to women, yo, I'm going to be like, all right, every woman in your life, you about to pay them off, dog, so you can keep working. So here's <laughs> Just call him up and be like, yo, hey, I got 200000 for you. For what? You know, just want to make sure you are all right. <laughs> AD would have did those two things. He still would have been in the NFL, man. That's what did him in, man. 
Because, like, yo, all the talking crazy to see, so, like, somebody's always going to sign you if you're crazy, as long as you're talented. But, like, you can't be on ESPN, like, you know, talking about, like, sexual harassment and all this stuff. Like, teams can't have that, man. So, yeah, like, you got to pay them off. Be proactive, A.B. <laughs> JB, what about you? <laughs> now, I'm agreeing with everything that's been said so far. Number one, get off social. Get out of the media, period. So, if you – we're going to go all the way back to the Raiders piece. All right, you want to be off the Raiders for whatever reason or however you work it out. Cool. You get off the team, you get signed by the Patriots. Be quiet from a media standpoint and just play ball. The part of him leaving Oakland that bothered me the most was that he had himself video footage of himself celebrating his release. I'm like, if I'm sitting home getting the alert, how are you managed to record yourself getting the same alert? It's playing. So that, I didn't like how that played out. Once you got to New England, hey, fresh start, you're on the winning team, go for it. That's when, like Chris said, put the phone down, disconnect Twitter, all that good stuff. But you just couldn't get out of the media. He's gotten his own way in, in a sense. So definitely that. I think that'd be the, the major piece. Just come to work. I, I don't want to say the more nasty piece, like just shut up and play ball. But in this case, I'm like, hey, get out of the media limelight and play ball. I'll say that. Unless what you have to say is something that's going to be of a positive impact to whatever you are supporting from a social aspect. I'll say it like that. The the whole situation is just mind-boggling because there's zero question that he's, he's one of the best receivers in the league. And with the Patriots being where they are with everyone hurt, he would be putting up monster numbers right now with Tom Brady. And they're still undefeated. Mm-hmm. So just imagine him there, and they're still undefeated, and he's the, the sole focus in the AFC East. Like, this guy is I, – I, I, don't, I don't have any words because, you know, I, I understand, and we've all probably been in a place where we've been somewhere where we didn't want to be. But we all kind of figured out how to gracefully exit because that place is not going to be our last place. So that's where I'm confused. So I, I, I almost, I, I almost, I'm not going to go all the way with Donnie's uh, advice of forgetting everyone I know now, <laughs> because, <laughs> because, you know, at that point, that's when they're going to come back to you with the Michael Jackson video documentary of all the stuff that you quote unquote did that you really didn't do. And they're not going to interview you or anybody, you know, but said you did everything. So, <laughs> Oh, I got another point that I forgot to mention. There needs to be somebody, and this goes for everybody. There's got to be someone in your corner that keeps you grounded, that really checks you as the human being that you are and knows you for who you are, regardless of the fame, the money, the whatever you're doing. That person is like, you know, the world's telling you, oh, yeah, do this, be great. But that one person, you're like, you need to sit down somewhere when you need to sit down somewhere. Like, every... Especially if you're in the limelight, because it's more eyes watching you and waiting for you to fail. Um, one thing that was mentioned, who, who was Charlemagne the God or T.I. had mentioned they like people like the rise, the fall, and rise again of an individual. And so it plays out like a movie. Everyone's looking for that rise and fall, and mainly the fall, because the trolls are waiting. But then you got that rise again. But you need somebody in your corner to just ground you so when that fall does hit, it's not as impactful as. Now I'm sitting at home not doing the profession I worked so hard to get into. 
Right. Well, you know, you actually bring up a point, and I, I, I would like you guys to comment on this as well. LeBron James is huge, and people were looking for the, the sort of the – that he hit the rise, but there's no fall. And you can see there, there doesn't seem to be anything pending on his fall. The only negative thing they have against him is the decision, which he then had tried – he tried the couple with doing a good deed and his finals record. That's all they have against him as, like, LeBron the athlete, whereas Michael Jordan has – and they were looking for his fall, too. He has the gambling thing that could possibly be linked to his father being uh, murdered and then also the divorce he had with his wife because the rumors about him cheating on her earlier. So how do you think LeBron was able to sort of to manage that? And do you think he had a regular dude in his life to kind of help him? Yeah, I do believe LeBron had someone in his corner. Matter of fact, LeBron had about three people in his corner that was in his ear all the way through, like, hey, this is the way we're going to run it. One, and then two, LeBron was open-minded enough at a younger age, bless you, open-minded enough at a younger age to recognize, like, hey, if I want to do great things, I got to make sure I stay playing this course in these things, and as we progress, we progress together. You got to think, you got, you know, his squad, it was the Maverick Carters in the mix. Um, what's the other gentleman, the agent? Is it Paul? Rich Paul, yeah. Yo, Rich, what's that thing? Rich Paul, and there's another person whose name I can't remember. That's the squad. That's his nucleus. And they're doing all these deals from an agency standpoint, from a off-court stuff, but it's a collective. So it, it'd be the likely, similar thing to, like, the four of us. It's like, all right. We're the crew. You know, Chris in the league, he's doing X, Y, Z, Z, Y, X. Hey, he yanks you down a bit with, you know, to keep you grounded, but keep pushing the envelope on what needs to be done and taken care of. Similar concept. So that's what I think LeBron has established for himself to keep himself more in a positive limelight, but also more active in the things he wants to push that will impact what he believes in and just happens to help everyone else too. Right, right. Chris, did you hear it? Because then uh, it'll give Johnny two chances to. Uh... This is the thing I'm wondering with LeBron, man, because I think, no doubt, man, having that solid woman in your corner, man, because I, granted, I don't know a lot about his wife, but it sounds like he's been with her through high school, all the celebrity, yeah. everything, man, it kept it yep. solid, which, man, let's be real, that's, that's rare to have a woman that hold it down like that, because, man, I mean, I'll say it myself, you know. The mind is strong, the flesh is weak, man. You know LeBron was getting it thrown at him, man, all the time. So, you know, to keep hold that down, man, that tells you a lot about her as a person. So, I mean, yeah, I think you got to have that combination to be successful. You got your boys holding you down, giving you the real, real. But then you got also that accountability to put a partner at home, man, or with you. That go a long way, man. Because take it from a brother that's been divorced, you have the wrong one, boy. That don't help in life. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have the right with the baby work. So, yeah, I give her a lot of props, man, for hanging in there because I'm sure she's – that ain't really been easy, man. You got that much celebrity shining on you like he has. But, so, yeah, you got to have – And for as long as he has. Yeah, the mom's been a celebrity since, what, 15? Yeah, man. Yeah, because it sounds like, man, I don't, it sounds like his mom wasn't really there like that, at least, you know, not giving great counsel, at least based on some of the stuff I've seen, man. So, you know, I don't know. Again, I don't know a lot about that, but you know what his home life was like. To sound like, man, he, he held it down, had his boys holding it down, you know. So that's, that's definitely a blessing. 
Because I've just seen some of the edits her mom, like, you know, since he's been in the league. I don't know what she was like growing up or whatever. And Donnie? Who was it? His dad wasn't around, right? Nah, his nah. dad wasn't around at all. Okay. Donnie? Yeah, yeah, I'll jump in. Yeah, man. So uh, I think it, like it just goes to what uh, what uh, JB said, like about and it kind of like our last uh, appearance on your podcast, man. Uh, like it just matters the kind of uh, crew you have, man. Because um, I have to send you the link. So when you uh, post the podcast, like I don't know uh, how you feel about cross promotion, but uh, just I'd like to know what I'm referencing. So um, like Rich Paul did a, a podcast maybe like two or three years ago, and like you know, like they asked him like you know. Hey, what was it like, like uh, knowing LeBron growing up, and then like what kind of stuff was on their mind? And like, he really went into like, hey man, we just know it's a world beyond like what we came from, like the hood and everything, right? Like he was talking about like how he really was the one that pushed LeBron to make that uh that joint venture with Liverpool, and like how like they would just really set out to like just change the legacy of like their uh you know kids and everything going forward as far as like wealth opportunities, all that stuff. Like that was really heavy on his mind, and like. Mavericks had uh, interviews where he's talked about the exact same thing. So, I mean, these are, like, the two guys that are in LeBron's ears saying this stuff, right? So he had, he had like, the, the right click. Like, like, hey, like, you know, like, uh, like you know, exchanging WhatsApp messages talking about how broke some girl is, like, AB's crew, right? So I think, like, you just got to make sure you have the right people and just people to have a vision to, like, do something with the opportunities that they have, right? And it's, it's an interesting dynamic because – it, that clearly those guys had fun with him too. Like they did fun stuff. And so the question is, is that how, how did he know the balance was going to be there? Because I'm sure AB has friends that are in his corner that are like, you know, he had fun with and maybe giving him advice, but they're watching him behave this, this way. I'm not judging his behavior in any way. All I know is his behavior cost him future money. And it's, it's yeah. it actually hasn't cost him current employment. And the fact that he's actually said, you know, publicly kind of, hey, New England, come check me out, which is sort of a, not an apology, but kind of an apology. And so you look at that and he's like, well, you wouldn't necessarily have needed to apologize if you did X, Y, Z. Because then he talked about the owner of the team. Like, you could be mad, but that, there's a place where you, you can talk about the owner, but not publicly. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, that is just amazing. So I'm hoping that the rad consulting that has been offered from some regular guys, quote unquote, uh, is, is, is valuable and that guys who listen, understand that there are probably regular guys in your life that you should keep in your life when you start your meteoric rise and you have them for not because they're haters, but because they offer balance to your experience and opinion, I think. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So with that, we're going to close up. And as all podcasts go, Chris, you're new to it. Uh, I want the final thoughts and the final words to be from the gentlemen that have joined. So anything you want to talk about that you want to leave a final note for anyone who's listening, it's totally welcome. So you can talk about the NBA season if you want. You can focus on the uh, regular guy consulting for some celebrities or anything that just might be on your heart that's there. So uh, we'll go in the beginning order we had. So JB and then Chris and then Donnie will close us out. So, uh, gentlemen, I'll leave it to you. 
Ooh, let's see. Final thoughts. This one's weighing heavy on my mind today um, because of things that have gone on throughout this past uh, weekend. But living in the state I live in, I can't wait to go to work tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> great day to be a game cop. Great day to be a game cop. And I'm out. <laughs> okay. Chris. Dog, I've already, how about I've already ironed, man? Like, usually, man, I ain't one for ironing clothes. I had to dig deep, buy one of my USC jerseys, man, like a shirt. I already got it ironed. I'm ready to present tomorrow, boy, to all the UGA fans at my job. Yeah. <laughs> I got to say, man, the state of one of the wealthiest franchises in the world, which has hit rock bottom, is Manchester United. And I hate to say it, man, but it's a sad state when you see owners that care more about the bottom line and the product on the field. They really sabotage it to the point where they'll say they don't care. Matter of fact, don't even care about losing the Chevrolet deal because apparently they've got another sponsorship deal lined up. So they keep making money, but they're not, they don't embody the Manchester United spirit. It's like a great franchise been brought down by just American greed. It's, it's really sad, man. I really hope we get rid of the owners and they turn it back around. But I see many, many, many years of just mediocrity. And we're only two points above the drop zone to show you just how bad we are right now. So that's weighing heavy on my heart every day. If it wasn't for FIFA, I don't know how I'd be able to take it. <laughs> <laughs> And Donnie. <laughs> yes, yeah, so for my final thought, I just want to hone back in on something I said earlier in the podcast. That like, if you make $30 million, you don't know anymore. Don't answer the calls. <laughs> and on top of that, because I forgot to point this out when I was first talking. Y'all saw the part where she asked him for a million dollars to start a business venture? Don't let anybody get comfortable enough with you to ask you for a million dollars. 